For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 286 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Fans, it is that time of year, the one that we look forward to every single year. Those Southern Jaguars are coming to town. Always a big game, but this season, it'll be even bigger than ever for obvious reasons that we'll get into. And we brought on a special guest who covers the team to tell us about this version of those Jaguars. He is a freelance writer who covers the Southern Jaguars for the Advocate down in Baton Rouge, and he is an award-winning writer, none other than Mr. Jim Klein-Peter. Welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you for having me, Corey. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Obviously, you're very knowledgeable of the team, so we just want to get an idea of what we can expect. We, we you can you can throw records out of the window when these teams meet, so you know it, do, it doesn't matter how the teams are looking going in. It's going to be a battle. It's a big rivalry, but definitely want to get down into the specifics of it. Now, this team uh, obviously uh, you know was picked to come out of the West right now, five and two overall, three and one in the SWAC. So they're li- li- living up to those expectations so far. So we'll get into the specifics of the team, but first. Can we just start out with your quick general thoughts on how this season has gone so far for the team? Well, they a little bit of a hiccup early on, you know, uh, losing 24 nothing to Texas Southern is still the most surprising thing that's happened mm-hmm. all year. Mm-hmm. Everything else probably went according to plan. Um, and, and I didn't really know that they would be in first place, but mm-hmm. uh you know they, they've uh, they re- they restocked their rosters is one thing that they did and they didn't they overstocked it so they've okay. got depth they something that they didn't have last year um, they had a few good frontline players last year but they didn't have near uh, the ability to rotate at every position like they do so um, yeah and I think uh, uh, people were a little concerned about that first game you know Eric Dooley kind of checked all the boxes for him as a hire. But then that happened, and it's like, okay, what's this about? But uh, I think he's pretty much righted himself, and he's about where it, uh, where they want him to be. Definitely things look to be going in the right direction since that hiccup that you mentioned, as expected last Saturday, a win against Virginia Lynchburg. So let's just rewind back to a week prior versus Alcorn. Definitely a big showdown in the West, a game that had a SWAC West title implications. Alcorn seems to have had Southern's number in recent years, so talk about that game and how big of a win it was for the program. It was very big, and and it's probably unlike any of their other victories in that they really had to scrap for it. They didn't score in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. They scored three touchdowns in the first half. Uh, it looked like they were on their way, but then Alcorn just started running the ball, and and really uh, uh, practically they forced Southern to, to try to run it themselves by dropping eight people into coverage. So 
that Southern hardly threw a pass in the second half. And uh, it was only until they finally stopped them on fourth down that they were able to actually move the ball a little bit and kill the remainder, main, remainder of time on the clock. So it was a good victory for Southern in that uh, Southern fought hard and had, and had to overcome some adversity and really had to fight hard in the second half to win it. Every other game they've won this year, they've won going away. Mm-hmm. So uh, that helped them a lot you know, it, it, with their own self-image, I think. Right, right. So if you couple that uh, that win with the uh, with Alcorn's loss last week versus Texas Southern, Texas Southern, right? Uh, the Jags are in control of the West, and of course, Prairie View still has something to say about that. And uh, Southern still has some games, FAMU notably, uh, coming up. But they have to like where they are headed into this boombox classes versus Jackson State, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, there's, it's as good as they could have, could have hoped for. Uh, they really uh, took the measure of Prairie View. Uh, you know, I thought that might be the toughest game for them. Um, but but um, if, if they, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to win Saturday, but you know, they definitely shouldn't be favored, but um, if they, if they, even if they lose that game, they, I think they still got an inside track on the West mm-hmm. uh, title. Um the remainder of the schedule, they've got to try, they've got to get by Florida A&M, which is going to be tough. But I always said, I said at the beginning of the season, if they could split those two games, Jackson State and Florida A&M, I thought that they they would have an excellent chance of winning the West. And and that's what's going to happen. But it's going to be, you know, the tiebreakers look like they're going to come, come into play. And, and it looks like, as usual, you know, the Bayou Classic will end up uh, meaning the difference between somebody going to the title game and, or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a very talented ball club. You mentioned, you know, stocking this roster and having the depth. Five preseason all-conference selections. So let's start on offense. Uh, the Jags ranked third in the SWAC in scoring, 31 points a game, 433 yards. But almost half of those yards come on the ground. So that rushing attack seems to be their bread and butter, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. It's not really like that, though. It's it's like okay. they, they become a passing. But you're right. You're right. It looks like it. it should be. But they're still running the ball like they did before. I mean, they seem. I think they led the league in rushing every year that I've covered them now. And uh, but they're doing it in a different way now. In, in the past, under Dawson Odoms and even under uh, uh, the coach last year, the interim coach, uh, uh, they uh, uh, they they had more of a power running game. You know, they ran at you on first and second down, and then they threw on third down, and they were very successful at it. They 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 road graded you with their offensive line. Right now, their quarterback is their leading rusher, mm-hmm. uh, and they have a stable of backs. And uh, yeah, they do run the ball, but they want to throw it, and uh, they they want to they they attack you like inside out, they uh, or outside in. They want you to they want to throw downfield and make you uh, make you stop them, and then they run the ball at you. So, uh, Bashawn McCray is a guy that played at Hines there in Jackson, yes. uh, and uh, he has. Uh, you know, he, he really had a bad outing against Texas Southern. It wasn't all his fault, but um, he has developed into quite a nice quarterback, uh, especially when it comes to running the ball, because he'll run some design plays, but they don't run him till late in the game when, when he's been handed off and, and he, he, hand, he fakes a handoff and nobody's on him. So uh, that's something Jackson State would have to look for. So the quarterback, uh, Bashawn McCray, you talk about him leading the the uh, team in rushing. That's interesting. That's rare to see that. So talk about his game. Is that by design? Is those runs designed, or he's just a guy who likes to improvise? 
He um, does scramble well, but I think they've got him to uh, they got him settled down to where he stays in the pocket a little bit more now. He was a li- he had itchy feet uh, early in the season, and uh, I think there was some communication problems with the receivers. But um, yeah, I, I mean there are some design runs, but he, they I don't think they want to run him too many times because mm-hmm. you know you don't want to get your quarterback hurt. So he'll run a design run, maybe four or five design runs a game. Uh, and then the rest of what he gets, he gets on, uh, they, they, they play some of that RPO. So you'll see mm-hmm. that RPO. And I think that that will be particularly if, uh, a, a big part of their game plan against Jackson, because they've got to, uh, you know, they've got to do something to deceive the defense. Uh, Jackson's got, got good, good defenders and, um, he's going to have to, they're going to have to do something on the, on the, you know, on the ends, on the flanks to attack them and, and make them make decisions. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, it's, it, it's mostly um, there is some design runs, but, and there is some scramble yardage in, in his total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a guy for Jackson state to watch out for a former two-star quarterback. So definitely some talent there. Now uh, when he does pass the ball, he seems to be pretty accurate, a 67% completion ratio. Now this Jackson state defense like to make, uh, they, they like to make the opposing offense do the things that they don't like doing that they aren't, that they're uncomfortable with. So how threatening is this offense? If he has to beat you with his arm, you kind of talk about that recipe that Alcorn used in the second half. So if he, if it's on him and he has to beat you with his arm, uh, how much of a threat does he pose? Well, I, you know, it remains to be seen because he really hasn't had to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying in the, in the Alcorn game. Uh, he, he didn't really, um, you know, they, sh- they he, he had a, a lot of yardage passing in the first half. He got most of his yardage that day and both of his touchdowns. And then they still won the game, even though he, he didn't really throw the ball much in the second mm-hmm. half. Um, it just depends on how much uh, Southern can run the ball on Alcorn, on uh, on Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm interested to see because they've got a good offensive line again. They mm-hmm. seem like they have one every year. Yeah, and, absolutely, uh, <laughs> they can definitely. Uh, and but their running plays are different. You know, they're mm-hmm. a little bit different. Um, uh, and there's there's a little bit of razzle dazzle to it. But uh, they've got different types of runners. They've got mm-hmm. a, they got the one power back in Sims. And then they got a couple of guys who can flash and dash like uh, Kendrick Rhymes and Carl Ligon. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they can hit you a, a couple of different ways. And uh, I think if, if Jackson State can shut down Southern's run game, it'll be just yes. a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, speaking of the, uh, you talked about the wide receivers. As I look at this team, I don't see a wide receiver with over 300 receiving yards and that's through seven games. So is this a deep wide receiver unit where everything's spread out or, or we're just, they're just not passing the ball enough for, for those guys to get their numbers. And who are those guys? I see a couple names like Allen, uh, Petrie, and I think Whitfield. I was just talking about their receiving court. Yeah. Allen and Petrie, um, uh, Allen Petrie and, um, who's the other guy, Rudy yeah. Dyson. He's a two lane okay. transfer. Okay. Those three guys are all built the same. They're about, they're all about six, one and close to 200. They're big guys and they like to throw the ball up to them and let them go and get it. And they've been effective with that. Uh, uh, they've got all three have got good hands and they've played much better. Whitfield is the guy who, uh, he had a lot of success early in the season and then he kind of got shut down a little bit. He's a smaller receiver, about five, nine, five, 10, who, who gets in the slot and they, and they like to throw to him uh, these little crossing patterns to him. Uh, they like to put him in motion and, and get him on the run. So people, 
have to try to keep up with. But they also like to throw to their backs. There's a, a, the backs have been catching a lot of passes this year. They have a, a you'll see one or two or three swing passes every game. Just uh, just a simple swing pass, almost you know, just a glorified pitch out almost. And uh, you'll see quite a bit of that. But those two, three guys I mentioned to you, Dyson Petrie and uh, and uh, uh, Allen, uh, are all uh, big guys. Like to go up and get the ball and and use their size to to create space and keep the defensive backs uh, keep themselves between the defensive back and the ball. Right. So you talked about Jackson State's uh, ability. If they're able to shut down the run, that could be a huge uh, key and ultimately decide the game. But as we record this, there's a 100 percent chance of rain in Jackson on Saturday. And uh, Jackson State's offense, of course, favors the pass. Southern obviously can get it done on the ground. Jackson State can get it done on the ground, but uh, a pass first team. So could the weather play a difference? Could that possibly work in Southern's favor if it rains as expected? Oh, definitely could, and and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be fooled by. I was looking at the stats, and Jackson State is sixth in the league in rushing, 167 yards a game is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of teams would take that every week. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I mean it could it could it, if you're. But I think it's for for Jackson State. It seems like it's because they throw the ball, and and they don't they don't really need to run it as much as they mm-hmm. do uh, because they've got probably the best quarterback in, in the league. So mm-hmm. um, it could, it could be a factor. Uh, uh, you know, we have, it's been a long time since I've been to a game that, that uh, where it rained and Jackson has a natural turf field, don't they? Is it, uh, it's grass. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna, it could, uh, I was asking the coach about this, uh, you know, uh, I, I asked Dooley about this the other day and he said, we're not working. He wouldn't, wouldn't say anything about it, but they know, and I think uh, I think they know it might give them an advantage. And I even asked them a little bit about it. And the guys were telling me, I mean, it's been a long time. I don't think I'm you know, a lot of teams play on these uh, on these artificial fields. And, and even though they get wet, they don't really hurt the passing game as much as when you get on a natural turf field and there's mud instead of just water. So it definitely could uh, it could be a big factor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, defensively, this team is pretty stout, only allowing 14 points a game, less than 300 yards uh, per game. That's in conference play. So the strength seems to be the D-line. And uh, some, now some people believe that Southern's D-line is better than Jackson State's D-line, right? And Jackson State leads overall, just leads the FCS in defense. So two guys stand out as far as name-wise, very familiar names throughout the SWAC. One's a former two-time All-SWAC player, uh, 2022 preseason All-SWAC first team, of course, that's uh, Jason Dumas. He uh, came over from Prairie View with Coach Eric Dooley, and he's a pros prospect. And then there's Jordan Lewis, a former SWAC Defensive Player of the Year and a Buck Buchanan Award winner. But they've both been slowed by some injuries, and their numbers aren't what you'd expect. So uh, start there. Let's talk about their season with the, those two specifically. Yeah, um, Dumas uh, missed the first three games, and then I think that was the plan all along because they had that, or they had the open date right after Texas Southern. So uh, that gave him four weeks. And I think what it was, he was recovering from offseason shoulder surgery and uh, they kept it pretty secret. They, I think mm-hmm. he, I think they put him on the field against LSU just to give him a shot, a chance to play one or two plays hmm. in that game. But um, 
he, he's been good lately. Uh, he didn't play last week. I think he was one of the players suspended for the okay. Prairie View fight. Okay. And I don't think he was really involved in it. It looked like he was trying to separate people. But, uh, yeah, he, he's been very good, um, and they have some depth behind him. So he doesn't have to play every down. But um, he, he gets penetration. He take, he requires a double team sometimes because sometimes he'll be, he's one of those players that he'll be back in the backfield before the handoff is made. And um, – and I'm sure um, I'm sure the uh, Jackson State coaching staff got an eyeful of him in the championship game last year when he was playing for Prairie View. Um, so the, and he's does he does have some um, some uh, next level talent. Uh, he's kind of mm-hmm. small. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not quite what you want. But, uh, you know, he, he does have quickness up there. Um, Jordan Lewis is going through kind of a season like he went through last year. Yeah. He got off to a good start. He got three sacks in his first three games. Then he then he pulled a hamstring, and um, he hasn't been the same. And I think he was also suspended last week. He played a little bit against Alcorn, uh, but did not play in the second half. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his health situation is. Uh, Dooley does not talk about injuries at all. Mm-hmm. But I, the best thing about Southern's defensive line is is the depth they have there. Mm-hmm. Um, they got they had a guy that transferred from McNeese, Cameron Peterson, and he's he's a guy they play at tackling end. And then they got another uh, transfer from Nickel State, who uh, uh, his name is Taj Brown, and he mm-hmm. leads. He's second in the league in, in with six and a half sacks. He had Sack, three right. last week. Mm-hmm. So um, th- their defensive line is quite good. It's it's probably the strength of the defense, which has not allowed a touchdown to a to a, in the second half to a SWAC team this year in four mm-hmm. games. All right. Any other names that stand out when I look at this roster? I see uh, Jalen Campbell uh, leading leading the team in tackles. Uh, Trey Lang leading the conference in tackles for loss. You you mentioned Taj Brown, who leads the team in sacks. And I think he said second in the conference in sacks as well. Yeah, Jalen Campbell is a guy. I don't think they they, he he was um, he wasn't the guy they were thinking was going to be there. They had a guy named Deshaun Davis that transferred from Iowa State, but he I think he had an eligibility thing and he didn't make it. But Jalen Campbell has been very good. He's been very quiet, too, because he stays in the middle. And um, he's a guy that uh, does a good job of tracking down quarterbacks that are trying to scramble. Uh, he's done an excellent job of that. He's, he's in on a lot of tackles. He's a very physical player. And then Trey Lang has, been, has given them the pass rush that they've been missing when Jordan Lewis is out. He's been a very good pass rusher. He's uh, been a very good um, – uh, defensive end. Uh, Jordan Lewis has been playing linebacker a little bit this year. Mm. So he's kind of been going back and forth between the two positions. I think they think he's at the next level. He level, can play yeah. linebacker. That's yeah, going to be the position. He's not going to be able to play end. But then uh, they also got a, a freshman named Kelby Gibbons, who uh, has really been a big surprise. He's a, uh, he's a true freshman from uh, Shreveport and was the uh, district MVP, defensive MVP in, in Shreveport uh, in their Class 5A district um, last year. And uh, he has contributed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, Coach Dooley, first year on the sidelines for the Southern Jaguars, of course, uh, coming over from PV. And uh, this this game between Jackson State and Southern last year went down to the wire down in Baton Rouge with Southern leading much of that game. And this team seems to be even better than last season. So talk about Coach Dooley. What has he brought to the table in such a short amount of time? Well, I think he has um, – he, he pulled everything together. And, and I, I think he's a good coach, and he's good at getting his team to focus – um, he doesn't reveal a whole lot, so you can't see it day to day. I mean, he is 
the, the toughest coach for getting a decent quote out of I've ever run into. He just, you can, you can ask him four or five times and you get that same runner run around from him. Not like Dion at all. You know? Oh yeah. That's opposite. <laughs> so, uh, but I think he has uh, consolidated this team. I think the best thing he did, well, he went out and got some talent. I mean, they've got good players and a lot more good players than they had last year. Southern last year was good enough to win a lot of games. They, they were, they were easily good enough to go seven and four instead of four and seven, mm-hmm. but they ran out of gas in the second half mm-hmm. of so okay. many games. And, and, and that, that the Jackson state game was just a, a just the clearest indication of that. You know, they just, they, 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 I don't want to say they dominated, but they had control of the game until the final six minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. So, uh, but, but Dooley seems to have uh he seems to have gotten the attention of the players. And I, I think that game against Texas Southern was a hiccup. And after that game, he, he got the ship righted and, mm-hmm. and they're rocking along and, and Southern likes what they have now. Mm-hmm. So you, you talked about, well, you said you, you know, you didn't see Southern, you know, winning the game. You talked about uh, what, you know, Jackson state, if they were able to shut down the run, what, you know, what would you predict could potentially happen, but what would you say would be a key to victory for Southern? If they can execute X, Y, Z, what do you think that would have to be in order for them to, to take this one? Well, uh, they haven't been, uh, haven't been terribly hurt by, by penal, uh, by, um, uh, turnovers this year uh they've been good on turnovers they got to continue to do that they got to cut the penalties down they they leave a lot of yards and points on the field because of their penalties and uh and uh Dooley talks about it all the time that's one thing he will talk about mm-hmm. when they have a lot of penalties mm-hmm. and that's one thing they're gonna have they cannot make they can't muddle around in this game they mm-hmm. they cannot muddle around like they they have a, a little bit against jackson up against Alcorn mm-hmm. they muddled around in that game. They, they muddled around a little bit last week. Uh, and, uh, but uh, they've got to stay out of those. Um, uh, they're all, you know, they do pretty well. Okay. in third, second and third and long, they, they, uh, you know, getting yards on first down, they've been able to, to make up for that. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's it, the mistakes that they've made uh, with, with the turnovers and uh, penalties is, is what they've got to avoid in this game. And if it's raining, like we think it's going to be, uh, it's it's going to be particularly important. Right, right. And of course, the big news uh, dropping earlier in the week uh, surrounding this game is, of course, ESPN College game day will be on hand. I mean, you're talking about an already electric atmosphere will be even more electric, of course, if the, if the weather permits. But I mean, let's talk about the significance of that and what's kind of the buzz around Baton Rouge or on, on the campus of Southern University uh, in terms of coming to Jackson while with game day will be in town. Well, I'm not going to have a place to park. I know that. <laughs> I won't either. So, simple. <laughs> oh, it's going to, and that's the thing. The people are going to, people are going to flood in for that. Mm-hmm. I know. I was talking to the the quarterback club at Southern. They uh, they put uh, bus trips together every week, or, or whenever they have an away game for any mm-hmm. away game. Mm-hmm. And he's got three buses, and and they're full up. He doesn't have any more room. So I know they got three buses just from the quarterback club. People are going to drive. It's a short drive. Yep. You know, you can drive up for the game and drive back. So I think mm-hmm. people may come the day before, and they want to be out there. Uh, I've been, I, I've covered LSU when they had game day on their campus, mm-hmm. and it just it just doubles the number of people who come wow. out early. Wow. So it's going to be people. There's going to be people everywhere. And uh, they're going to they're going to be cars parked everywhere. There's going to be, you know, people want to, you know, they want to get up there close to the thing, hold up their signs. You know, you're going to see all kinds of 
people holding up their signs. They're going to be, uh, you know, just from all different schools. So uh, it's it really does put a charge into what is already, you know, I can't believe, you know, the, the Southern fans, when they start talking about Jackson State, uh, they get more they get more. Uh, agitated than they do when they play Grambling. Mm-hmm. That real, they really mm-hmm. do, and and it's because Grambling is like a family feud. Mm-hmm. They they oh yeah, we're gonna go going to go see our friends and we're gonna mm-hmm. win their butts. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, our family, but boy, if Jackson State brings out the, yeah <laughs> the vitriol. Mm-hmm. That's the word. That's the word that yeah. we use. Same on this end with with Alcorn. Uh, it's just totally different when you're talking about Southern. So we get it. So again, an amped up rivalry rivalry will be taken to the next level. I know if you saw it, but uh, Nice Williams already on our social media talking smack, throwing a little few jabs, you know, fun, 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 fun humorous. At, at yeah, Coach Prime. Yeah. But we love it. Right. That's what we want to see. So it's going to be it's gonna be an amazing atmosphere. No doubt about it. All right. Well, fans get there early. We pray that the weather can hold off just a little bit because this will be one for the ages. This will be one for the history books. We don't know when game day will come back to an HBCU stadium slash campus. We've done they've done the, you know, MEAC challenge and things of that nature. Uh, but as far as just being on, uh, on, on quote unquote campus offsite, our stadium is, is, is off site. But this is huge. This is one for the record book. So uh, we appreciate you for coming on. Thank you for your time, your knowledge. Always, uh, it's always a, a thrill to kind of see what you have in store in terms of what you write covering the team. So we're just looking for a huge, huge atmosphere and a great game that's coming up Saturday. Thank you, Corey. Maybe we'll get to do it again before the SWAC title game. Huh? Absolutely. Let's count on <laughs> it. I'm penciling it in. Can't wait. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our viewers. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating and reviewing the show and tell every tiger that you know we're on all podcast outlets apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify video youtube and so on and we'll be posting each episode on our facebook instagram and twitter pages as always thanks for your support go tigers hashtag i believe hashtag pack the vet hashtag the i love Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.